0: Hi there, and welcome to the What on Earth podcast series. I'm Natalie, and I'm joined by my co-host Annie, and we're here to talk about all things climate change and what on earth to do about it. Today, we're excited to be joined by Ola Simbo Sejinrin, a lifelong advocate for climate change and women's rights in Africa. Simbo has an impressive background and is a powerful voice promoting renewable energy and women empowerment in Nigeria. A recognized TEDx speaker, she is also the president of the Women's Consortium of Nigeria, winner of the 2017 RURA Summit, 2016 Women in Energy Awardee by the Nigerian Energy Forum, and 2015 Emerging Leader at Women. She is currently the Nigeria Country Manager for Solar Sister, a social enterprise eradicating energy poverty by spreading clean energy in Africa through women's economic empowerment. A fantastic organization, Solar Sister trains and supports women to deliver clean energy directly to homes in rural African communities. Through their work, they are making a huge impact, with over 5,000 Solar Sister entrepreneurs reaching 1.7 million people in Africa with clean energy.
1: Hi Simbo and welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you join us and learn more about your work as a gender and energy expert in Nigeria. To begin we'd love to know a bit more about what first triggered you to make you want to address climate change.
2: Okay thank you for having me. Um, For me it's, um, I think it's from my background, my upbringing, so um, I grew up seeing um, a lot of energy poverty, which is, I mean, the lack, lack of modern energy services, um, and I grew up in a strong, with a strong feminist mom who was um, just problem solving and making sure that, you know, the world's um, problems don't let her down, so from a very early stage, um, we were very curious about the alternatives, because Growing up, um, the only way to kind of light your house was to use either um, a kerosene lantern or um, a candle or a lantern, at least in, in, um, in many of like, the rural areas where her own parents grew up. And then we were kind of in the city and had to, um, we had connection to the grid, but the grid was very irregular. And so we had to um, use these alternatives in the period where we didn't have grid. And so I remember really early in my childhood, my mom was one of the few parents that, you know, decided against using lanterns and candles and because she had seen firsthand a house burned to the ground from a candle, from a lit candle overnight. And she said, this wasn't going to happen to my family. So we were... Then the only alternative was to use a generator, a petrol generator, which was really expensive. Um, but that was what we used, and we had to ensure that we always had like a clean, like a, um, run like electricity, um, growing up. And then as soon as the world started learning about clean energy, um, as I grew up, as I went into school. Um, and all my previous employments before this um, I've had this curiosity with climate change and the environment Um, my first degree was in the environmental sciences as well so I've always had that curiosity
1: it sounds like your line of work is the perfect fusion of your passions and and knowledge from your upbringing and um, and I have to say your mum sounds really inspiring as well Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you've been working in the energy sector for a while now And it would be really interesting to hear about some of the things that really frustrate you and equally some of the things that really inspire you.
2: So for me, it's um, like the it's the size of the problem. So if we take on um, energy poverty as as the big challenge, and we're saying over six hundred million people on the African continent do not have access to the to the um, national grid, what it means is that these people have to make do with what, whatever alternative to to light their homes and to cook their food. Um, and for me, that is really frustrating. If I scroll like, narrow it down to Nigeria, for instance. Um, there was a year that it said to extend the grid through the entire country, it will take three times the national budget. And so it was a clear case of this is not going to happen anytime soon. Um, and in recognizing that, and I know that there are several efforts towards trying to extend the grid, towards trying to increase the grid capacity, but we must always remember that there's still a higher number of people who do not have this access and with what we're hearing about the economics will not have it in the near future. And so um, it frustrates me that governments are not um, taking that sector into consideration and wondering what will they do now? How will they like their homes? How will they cook their food? What quality of life will they have? And for me, that's where clean energy comes in. And I think that's that now fuses into what inspires me because I see this opportunity to have um, an alternative in the interim that can actually solve the problem and can um, um, mitigate against a lot of the climate change effects that we are having by using um, negative and dirty fuels. So um, I think for me, the frustration is just that there's not enough focus um, on, this very real problem, um, this problem that as countries have said they are unable to solve um, and looking at what to do with that population and how do we ensure that even in this period where they cannot get access to the grid that they are using safe and reliable and affordable um, clean energy.
1: Wow, 600 million people not having access to the national grid is such an astonishing amount. And it just demonstrates the, the desperate need for services like Solar Sister and, and everything that you're offering to make clean and renewable energy accessible to, to so many people. For
2: sure.
0: That brings us nicely onto the main question of the episode, which is what on earth is clean energy and how does it work?
2: Yeah, so clean energy is um, an access to modern um, energy services. Um, You know, a lot of people would use it interchangeably with renewable energy. So essentially when, um, you know, the energy source is one which is sustainable, which one that that doesn't create any environmental debt in the sense that it's not degrading the environment or it's not um, harmful. So for me, clean energy um, is provides the opportunity to have a clean energy source, to have an energy source that is not um, harmful um, to the people, to the communities, and to the environment. Um, and if I interchange, if I interchange it with renewables, then we're talking about um, technologies such as solar, wind, um, hydro, um, small hydro, um, and biomass. Um, Which are things that are, you know, especially in Africa, but uh, have we have enormous um, resources and thus renewable energy resources, Mm -hmm. and they're actually a safer, cleaner means um, of energy.
1: Awesome, and I and I think the service that you're offering is just incredible because people that have potentially never had access to the national grid before are skipping a step and they're jumping straight to clean or renewable energy. And as an individual, it means that they are then taking action themselves against climate change and contributing to a, to a cleaner future for the next generation. And I mean, on the topic of individuals, we always like to ask everyone what their advice is because we like to think that everyone has their own sphere of influence and in the world of energy what would you advise people to to do and where should they start
2: yes yeah, so as individuals i think it's uh, it's more of um, everyone doing something speaking up advocating doing their bit. first of all in um in being efficient themselves and um, promoting clean energy technologies, I think that's that's the first thing that each each person can do. Ensure that they are energy efficient. They are conscious of the environment. They are conscious of how we treat our environment, because right now we are, you know, the climate change issues we're dealing with are from pollutions of our parents and our forefathers, and so. Um, our footprint that we are leaving is for the next generation, and so everyone being super conscious of this um, and ensuring that they're doing action, they're taking action in ensuring that they're being efficient, they're being clean. Um, um, I think those are things that everybody can do. I also think that we can support organisations that are working in this direction as well, um, that are you know that can maybe do more than you can ordinarily do so as a collective as a group um, as another organization um, supporting um, those kind of initiative and causes can also further um, help us achieve our goals
1: awesome and where do you think the industry is actually headed towards
2: i think we're i, I mean i think it's one of the um and by the industry now, I mean like the renewable energy industry, and I'm speaking more on, say, um, the off-grid sector or the ones that are, you know, that are focused on off-grid uh, products. I think we're moving we're moving in the right direction in the sense that there are more players coming in, and they're more, um, you know, private sector you know, when you see private sector come into a space, it's because they've seen the potential of this, um, sector really, um, scaling. So um, I think it's going in that direction. I think I've seen at least from six years ago when I started to now, I've seen quite a lot, a lot of new players coming. I've seen um, new technology also coming. So I think we're moving into the right direction. I think I compare it to the mobile phone technology where, um, you know, being that ability to get it into those um, mobile phones, really scaled communication that that is what i see for um um off-grid renewable energy technologies as well the ability for everyone to be able to make that switch because energy is what everyone needs
1: absolutely and do you think it's possible for nigeria to be solely powered by clean energy (laughs) (laughs) i hope in my lifetime
2: (laughs) Uh, which yeah uh, um I mean, so in terms of, if I use Nigeria for an example, we have a, a, a goal. It's called the 30-30-30. Um, so 30% of 30 gigawatts by year 2030 should be renewable. So oh, that is the Nigerian power sector goal. <laughs> it's a goal. It's <laughs> <And, laughs> um, as we are now, I think in terms of installed capacity, we are 12,000. The goal is 30 Thousand megawatts. Um, we're at twelve thousand, um, and the percentage of renewables in that <laughs> um, is nowhere near thirty percent. So I think it's 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 one that we we are struggling, but it's also one that we are seeing new players and seeing new actors. So um, it's for me, it's a fingers crossed. I don't want to be pessimistic, as they know. I want to say that we are very slow (laughs) we're not there yet Um, but yeah I think we have a plan I think we have um, the the theory written down Um, and as I said even by 30 gigawatts it's not like we're going to extend the grid to everyone but at least it would be um, a a significant improvement to what we have now
1: awesome I love it
0: (laughs) and it's good to it's good to have a goal as uh, something to work towards and for people to hold others accountable for for sure you spoke about the sort of need for the importance of having local solutions to these problems. And Solar Sisters is very much a locally focused organisation in terms of the whole entrepreneurship model. So I was wondering if you could explain a bit more the business model behind Solar Sisters and the value of having such a model.
2: Um, So our model is essentially going into off-grid communities or underserved communities um, and recruits, train and support women entrepreneurs to distribute a range of clean energy products. Um, and um, just like our name, Solar Sisters, kind of two-part, those are kind of like our two focuses. So the solar bit is representative of our clean energy focus um, and the sister bit is representative of our women's our women's focus. So we're focused on women's economic empowerment because we believe that that is... Um, that would have a macro effect on the entire community. We've seen that when a woman has resources, she uses those resources for the entire um, household. And we've seen um, also in terms of adoption, um, when we look at how energy is managed traditionally in the home, you find that the woman um, is responsible for the things around energy. So, how food is cooked, how the house is lit, and having women as the agents of. Selling these products or even using this products, um, I think it's um, it just makes sense that women are the ones um, set, selling the solutions. And I think those are the two um, kind of major um, focuses that we have when we go into communities to make sure that um, we are we are advocating for the clean energy adoption um, and using clean energy products. And then we're also focused on the entrepreneurship bit, which is the women's economic empowerment. In terms of impact, so for the clean energy, we'd say that the impacts are around the health. We found that there's a lot of, um, at least I know for Nigeria, the third highest killer um, of Nigerians is diseases related to indoor air pollution. And this is very related to how we cook. Um, a lot of um, a lot of our parents are in smoky kitchens, um, three times a day cooking the meals for the family and inhaling what is like two packs of cigarettes a day. Like, and I'm sure if you go into a rural community and you ask a Nigerian woman, like, "Do you smoke a cigarette?" She's like, "No, I would never touch a cigarette." <laughs> <laughs> you know, but she is like inhaling that amount like immense amount of smoke, so I mean there's that direct health benefits, so, as you can see. I'm wearing glasses, a lot of people are wearing glasses because of just that strain in the eye. um I don't know if you've ever tried to read out of a candle light or like an incandescent light. It's really difficult, and there's it has the adverse effect it has on the eye, so there's a lot of health related benefits to using clean energy.
0: Yeah, those are incredible. They're so far-reaching. It's not just about saving the environment. It's like powering a whole community. Yeah. And I know that you're in other parts, other countries of Africa. Um, do you think this model is being replicated more and more?
2: Yeah. I mean, so we've, we've done it in Uganda, Tanzania and Nigeria. Um, and we are looking to scale into other African countries. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's like our future goal, our medium-term goal. Even within the next five years, we have um, a goal to expand into two two more countries in Africa, and and it's the same thing because, as we said, the problem is, um, the challenge is in multiple countries, so it's not peculiar to Nigeria. Um, it's one that we've almost across the entire continent so as as much as we can um, as many interventions as we can i think um, would be beneficial to the to the continent so yeah
0: and thinking of goals that you have and um, what other plans are on the horizon for you and for solar sisters
2: so for me it's to continue to grow and expand our network within nigeria um we've grown to having over 2000 entrepreneurs wow. in nigeria and we hope to get to 5000 within the next by 2023 Impressive. so it's a, it's a big goal um and i think it, it it just having an entrepreneur just has this multiplier effect because the woman becomes the energy access point and as many of those points as we can have in different um, in different communities, I think that we're closer to solving our challenge. So, I think that's that's the goal, um, and also across this. This is my I just told you my Nigerian goal, but we also have bigger goals as an organization. For I think we have 10,000 women um, by 20, 2023 for Solar Sister as a whole. So yeah, girl power. <laughs> yes it's, um, so we are envisioning uh, a brighter world powered by women entrepreneurs so
0: yeah that's a
1: great slogan I love that um so working for a social enterprise must come with a lot of challenges as well as being a very rewarding job so I wondered if you could share some of those hurdles that you've had to face with us and how you've overcome these
2: Okay, so um, for me, I mean, as a social enterprise, um, I think just even just having that structure a social enterprise comes with its own challenges one of the biggest ones I have is this mentality locally so um, people are used to charities and people are used to businesses uh, but they're not used to this like a combination of both and so um, even trying to explain what you're like explain the model or to get people to understand that model is challenging, um, because it's either it's this, you know, non they understand nonprofit to be charity and they're like, why are you doing a business? Like, you know, and if you're doing a business, you need to consider all the things around doing a business, ensuring that expenses and income match and all these other things that have to do with business. So I think it's just about juggling all three. Um, We are a nonprofit, but we need to be sustainable and we need to um, grow uh, kind of like a distribution business to support uh, this enterprise. So I think it's just um, having to deal with all all the things and then having a mentality of Um, are you a business or are you an NGO? Like, what are you? Pick a site. I think that's a really big challenge. One of the the ones that we had to take out. So when we started, we used to use the word empower. So we wanted to empower women. We don't use that word anymore because um, the word empower is also a word that a lot of our politicians have used. Um, And they use this when they, you know, in a political sense so they're giving out a bunch of um products or things to people in the community it's very one-off it's very you know it it takes away from the word empower it's more like you know giving the person and what we meant by empower is actually building someone's agency and capacity to do something for themselves. So just recognizing that is one of the things I would say, okay, no, let's say exactly what we're doing. We're recruiting, training, support, um, rather than saying we're empowering women. So we've been able to make some of those changes to really clarify our model and clarify the things that we're doing in um, expanding our network.
1: That's really interesting about the words empower. And I think good good for you guys that you've kind of taken ownership of that and taken that out of your business model and and marketing strategy because brand identity is so important and if that word is now misconstrued as something much more negative, then um obviously it's so important that you change tack and use words that are actually gonna connect to people in and have the impact that, that you want. And
0: recognizing the the power of words and who your audience really is and what how to communicate to them when we come to the end of each episode we like to end on a positive note we always ask everyone if you could share an action that our listeners can take or a piece of advice to start tackling climate change and making a difference
2: yeah so i think my advice is um climate change will impact the lives of our further generation. And inaction is actually action in making sure that it does end in a catastrophic end. So my advice mm-hmm. is that everyone should do one thing, take one action towards climate towards resolving climate change or mitigating climate change. And if you do not know what to do, support an organization that is doing something um, to mitigate climate change. Um, Because um, the world that we live today is the one that our children will inherit. And everything that we do or do not do is an investment in our children's lives.
1: I love that as a mantra of, of uh, inaction is, is action against climate change. I think that's that's a really key message to take away from this. I love chatting to individuals that are in a completely different environment and scenario to me because it serves as a reminder that climate change is something that connects every single person on this planet. We are increasingly seeing the impact of our actions around the world with rising sea levels, melting ice caps and record-breaking temperatures. Hearing what Simbo and Solar Sisters have achieved in Nigeria through building a sustainable economy, as well as providing clean energy is truly inspiring. The heart of their ambition is leaving a better world for the next generation, which should serve as a driver for all of us. I live in England, and clean, renewable energy is very accessible here. We have numerous companies that offer it, so I'm going to challenge myself and Natalie to get one other person to make the switch. And we're going to ask you to do the same and let us know how you get on. Thank you again, Simbo.
0: Your story has inspired us to inspire others. Thanks for listening to this episode of What on Earth with Annie and Natalie. Make sure to rate, review and subscribe to our podcast and get in touch as we'd love to know what on earth confuses you when it comes to climate change. Coming up on next week's show,
1: we're joined by Natalie Fay, award winning environmentalist and founder of City2Sea.